so pretty clean Yeah, bands and nights are full energy From bed right here, cause they're my enemies Live and like, rate and review Your own times are they be, couple guess too We're gonna win a trophy, we're overdue Can we do the double, make it deja vu It's a move, learn your ting, girl, but it's only on the wing Harry's one of our own island in He's only got money, but let's see the king And we got Delhi Ali that's talking With the shell side, with the shell side With the shell side's what we sing With the shell side, with the shell side Now it's a new flood the pain Hello and welcome to the Shelf Side Podcast, episode 26. Got that right, two weeks in a row. Um, Kwabna, how you doing, my man? The Ledley King episode. The Ledley King episode. It is the Ledley King episode. It was his 40th birthday as well recently. It was, man. Shout out, Ledley. Shout out, Ledley. Shout out to all the fellow Libras out there as well. Woo-woo. Thanks for wishing me happy birthday last week. Well, do you do all that star sign stuff, yeah? Not really, but when it's your star sign, you kind of just big it up in it, all the good points and stuff like that. Don't buy into it, really, though. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the good points are about my star sign, you know, at all. What star sign are you? I'm an Aquarius. Nah, there's nothing good about you guys. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Uh, Uh, Yeah, but you, you good though. I'm good, man. I'm good. It's always hard to come on and pod after uh, a defeat, especially one where there's no kind of energy in. So it's always hard. But I'm here. I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm present. I'm kind of good spirits and all right. But I just can I shout out the um, new listeners, please? Yeah, yeah. All yeah, new yeah. listeners, respect. Continued listeners, thank you for joining us week in, week out. And for those that dip in and out, I know why now. I know why they do it. They don't like listening after defeats. I got that confirmed on Twitter okay. the other day by a few people. Yeah, right, it's okay, hard. Okay, it's hard okay. to, <laughs> to address that subject. But I'm the nah. same. When the Celtics losing basketball, I, I struggle to listen to a date my daily pod. So nah, you I can't you can't sing when you're winning, man. You've got you've got to be there through good times and the bad. That's how it works, man. It is work. So we just got to bring energy for them to let them know this is going to be no dour podcast when we may suffer defeat so let's get into the victory first shall we ah okay let's do that then. let's do that it was um it was you know see a lot of people talk about this whole um win when you're not playing well scrapping away etc and they took a lot of heart from it and there is some credence to that but i also feel that you know i also feel that when you I think when you break it down, we didn't actually play that well. And they say the mark of like a top team is being able to win when you're not playing that well. That's true. But I think I would have been more convinced if it was like we hadn't played well and we won 2-0. Do you see what I mean? Then I think that that, that classic, argument Classic Mourinho. If we play, it was, uh, that argument would carry more weight if we'd come away with 2-0 win. Look, I'm never upset to beat Burnley away from home on a cold weekday night. Like, I'm never going to complain about that. Um, I think that there were some good things to take from the game. So, our resilience, number one, uh, I think was good. I don't think we actually defended that well, but the combination of Dyer and Adeverald on paper 
seems like it's lacking pace and blah blah but I thought it was a great example of Mourinho picking the team to suit the opposition like he knew they don't have any pace up front they've just got physical guys they'll be jumping put themselves about and he put the best centre-back pairing to combat that together because despite Sanchez's pace and his his strength I feel that he gets bullied off the ball a bit too easy for someone of his size so he took two people in there who were going to be crafty and clever about the physical play, which they were. So I thought that was a good, I thought that was good, um, good choice. I think in general he chose like big bodies, people who were going to get physical. It made sense. Uh, once again, we saw that the most fluid and enjoyable moves involved in Nombele. He's fast becoming undroppable, um, and the, the fulcrum of all, anything good we do. Um, which is a massive positive and plus from where we were before, but it's also kind of scary because the prospect of him like being injured, not being able to play in any way, shape, or form, and how we play without him, who knows? Um, same with Hubia. Um But yeah, I don't think there's actually as much, I don't think the the win deserves as much plaudits as people are giving it. I am very happy with it, but I don't think I think it's, if we had done this, if we had done this when we're like maybe like within touching distance, say we're third. And we're a we're two thirds away in the season, and we go away to Burnley, and we've got no ideas, but we still managed to come out with a one 0 win. I'd be about as gassed as everyone else is now. But I'm a Tottenham fan, got to have, have got to have my reservations, and I'm just not that eager yet to sound the horn. But I'm very happy about. It. Yeah, I think you made very extremely good points. I think people are getting not carried away, but. State is a good win because look at the weekend that transpired before it. A lot of the rivals dropped points. Okay. When we fell that our only real title run against Leicester a few years back, when we had to take the ball by the horns and win a game after everybody else had kind of faltered, we failed to do so. This was a difficult game on paper, like you say, Monday night bit wet, bit cold, up in Burnley. And we didn't play well. But I think the mentality to still be able to secure that win was what made people think, could this be a different Tottenham? And that all stems from having Mourinho, a serial winner, as the manager. So I think it's the combination, not playing well. We know we can score goals, but when we're not playing well, it's not really going for us. Our most creative players are not really been able to unlock the door. Can we produce that moment to get us the three points? And we did that. Yeah. And I think that's why people mentioned the title. Are they title contenders? We may be, we may not be. But I tell you what, this is going to be a very strange season. It's already started as a strange season. Liverpool losing centre-back after centre-back. And City don't seem to have any kind of consistency just yet so let's see but your point on the twin towers at the back is a spot on horses for courses no pace up front aerial bombardment perfect game for Dyer and other world perfect game uh, i don't think a lot of players played well i don't even think tongi Dombele played that great he had some moments early on but i think you touched on the fact that he's um, fast becoming undroppable. I think he is undroppable. I think he drops himself due to his fitness. And that's a concern of mine. 
No, I, I hear that. Yeah, I think it, I, I think the the fitness thing is hard, and sometimes you can see like when he gets to seventy fifth minute and beyond, if there's a time where he needs to close someone down, you can almost see him like crawling. He's struggling to get there, <laughs> and I just don't know how long it's going to take him to get to the point, or if he'll ever get to the point where he he finishes. Um... Now, obviously, he's finishing. He's finished games before, but finished games at the same level of intensity. At this rate, we might we might not Remember. see that until next season. Remember I told you, he's out shagging birds every night. That's, or that's, home shagging that's, birds That's what you night. told me he heard. But if he's got stamina for that, yeah, he should have stamina for the game. Because, you know, if you're going to do that properly and keep them coming back, you need stamina, mate. So, maybe, maybe it's a different go every night. Uh, it's true, they don't have to impress. It's a good point. Good point. Yeah. yeah. 200 bags a week will get you a different it go every night. Something. You, know, you want to make a good impression, man. You never know what you're going to go say to your friends. You never know. You don't want that name ringing yeah. around on the street like that, yeah, do you? you? Know, people are like, oh, yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't get it done because he's got poor stamina. Nah, he's leaving an impression. No, but but maybe the stamina that he's got poor is what he's got left. Uh, yeah. After you empty fair your enough, tank. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, it's that box, isn't it? Maybe, uh, maybe that's it. Maybe you just need to stop it and use <laughs> pen up, pen up aggression and and stamina for the full pitch. Yeah, he needs to. Uh, he needs to make a decision See, as to whether he really wants it or not. Yeah, well, I think he does want it. It's the what is that's the, the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. This is all speculation, by the way. I mean, I don't know this, but you, you seem to be quite confident in your hypothesis. So we'll see. I've got my ears to the ground. Is all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's all you but, say, mate. <laughs> yeah, let's move it on to Royal Antwerp. We don't win in Belgium, and we didn't win again tonight. As we recall, yeah, it was a game that was lacking. So the first, the first half was lacking any idea, impetus. It's almost like we were kind of going through the motions, like it was going to be a formality. Our shape was pretty sound, but the changes that we made, I think, there was the idea that those people were trying to state their claim and make an impression, but they didn't play like it. They didn't play like guys who were fighting for a team. They played like, to your point earlier, you made off off air that they they know that they're the B team. So they came out as such. Uh, then they then come on and play like he's someone who's trying to win the sh- his position back. Um, I felt like... Or I just felt like this is part of the part of the rotation. You know, he's got to be in or he's out. He wasn't trying to take a claim. I really thought this was the kind of game, if Winks was going to show his quality, this would be it. Like... They like to keep the ball. They like to pass it. It's not like they're overly physical, all that kind of stuff. But he he seems still a bit lackluster. And I think it highlighted the gap between our first team and our second team. One thing I will say that's positive is that when we were showing a lack of ideas, Mourinho was not scared to make big changes at the half, which he's been famed for. And since being a Tottenham, he hasn't done that much of. So he rolled the dice this time round. I wasn't happy with the people that were brought on, but um, he made those changes. I would rather Son hadn't come on. I'd rather Kane hadn't come on, that he would have left um, Vinicius. But I, I think he, sh- he showed he's still willing to do that and that people shouldn't feel comfortable. We didn't play well, man. We didn't deserve to win. And sometimes you get games like that, man. Sometimes you get games where you didn't deserve to win. So, yeah, I mean, we didn't deserve to win. But I think there's a lot of factors that we can look at in this game. So if you go back to the West Ham second half, 
when you don't have that impetus, it's hard to just suddenly get that impetus, right? And I think we went into that game without impetus. We went into that game in second or third gear, knowing that we're the B team and expecting to win. But I think a lot of Premier League sides get found out, especially those Premier League sides that are not ball retention sides. So if you're not averaging 55 to 60% possession, I don't believe you are a ball retention side. And we're not. And we're more a counter-attacking side. But when you can't counter-attack because you've got two low blocks and they're technically good, I think it shows the Premier League up a little bit for not being as technically good. And especially when you're playing with a side that's not used to each other. We haven't got that pattern of play. We don't do quick one-twos in and around the park, which a one-two will open anybody up if it's executed right. But we don't do enough of those. And I think, as I said to you off air, Dombele is fast becoming what Ericsson was to us in his pomp. The only guy that seems to make us tick in terms of ball movement and ideas. And without him... Winks is becoming rapidly redundant because I'm not sure what he's offering at the moment. Um, and I think if he wasn't English and if he wasn't homegrown and came through the academy, I think the comments online will be a lot worse for Harry Winks right now because he's not turned up this season. And I, think, I, I, I completely agree with you. I think he's not... It doesn't seem like he's trying to to establish a role. I think it's difficult because when you are someone he he has certain he has certain skill sets, right, which involve like being able to be tidy with the ball, retain possession, all that kind of stuff, which which are great when you have a team set up to play that way. We currently don't play that way, right? So it's not clear the role or function he's supposed to be playing in in what it means, what it means to play in this Tottenham squad, and if there were scenarios, at least, that we could draw him into, say, oh, if we are losing one nil and we need him to come on and unlock a defence, that's the role he's going to play. Cool, but we don't have that, so I think it's also difficult for him because he's trying to see where he fits in this team, where he makes impact, and where he contributes, and he currently, it currently that's not clear. And I'm just hoping that over time it will become clear because he's like we all like to see a youth team player come through. We know how much paying for Tottenham means to him, but sentiment aside, if you're not going to be able to contribute in that way, then let's just keep it moving, man. Yeah, uh, I will say this though, tactically looking at the game, what we struggle, and I mentioned this before in a couple of pods ago that I don't like when we play a 10 anymore. And Delhi started the move that led us to conceding that goal tonight. Then I think he passed it back, moved forward. And when we conceded possession, we had so many players in advance of the ball, not really creating options. So the one thing we came when he drops deep is that we've got somebody in between the lines. Dombele often drifts in between the lines. The Celso wasn't doing that tonight. Sonny makes himself available. Bergwijn was too high and so was Bell without dropping deeper to collect the ball enough. And I think you're, you're, you're void of options. And Winks needs those options because he hasn't got that burst really to get past a man swiftly. He can burst past somebody when he's already galloping. But to take off from a standing start to beat the man and get the other side to retain possession and go, he can't do what Don Belli does. He can't do what the Celso does. 
And this is why I think he will struggle in this B-side because you've got players there that are not playing the way Mourinho exactly likes them to play and are used to, excuse me, are used to other players in the style that we do. When we play this disjointed side, you find that a lot of players struggle because they don't have the options. Um, but if you're someone like Hoybier, you know your job inside out, you can still shine, right? So I'm going to take a little bit of criticism away from Winks, although I still think he's struggling to produce anything. Which is hard, man. If you're not going to produce, if you're not going to like, give someone at least something to hang their hat on, right? So even for a long time, when, when um, Dele wasn't producing, there was always that thing leveled at him that he, he knows how to find space. Right, that's what people say all the time. That yeah, he's not playing that well, but he knows how to find space. And if you give him time, he will find that space. And with enough um, with enough opportunities, he will exploit them. Right? With Winks, it's like he can you can pass the two you can, you can find a two yard pass. That's not enough within a team set up like ours to say that that's gonna what you're gonna bring to the table. It's just not enough. You can't say that you can pass like a two yard pass. So it's just not good enough. But Look, I think the game was the way it was. It wasn't. It didn't feel like we were going to win that game. And even towards the end, I think we, at times, we were overplaying it. Lamella came on and added a lot of... Um, Lamella ended up adding a lot of impetus in the last, like, 20 minutes of the game. He started to try and prod and probe. But even in those times, we either overpassed at the wrong times or we took shots at the wrong times. Like, in the end, poor decision-making meant that I never thought we were going to um, we were going to come away with anything, but you made a, a point there about the guys who came in. You made a point about Bergwijn, and Bergwijn is it's a strange one because when he came with Tottenham, it's usually the reverse, right? We sign someone, it takes a while for him to bed in, what takes a while for him to pick up, especially when they come from outside of the Premier League. Because usually look, we buy people from outside the Premier League, right? So when they come in, it takes there's a bedding in period that we give people. Well, Bervan came and yep. he hit the ground running, and now it seems like he's going. Bam, through, yeah, now one. he's going through this kind of withdrawn, um, withdrawn kind of less confident uh, player, which is strange because being a winger, you want this to be full of confidence, want to take men on, not trying to pass inside, all that kind of stuff, right? So. What do we do to bring that kind of back? I think if we are going to have this system where we play this team, it's hard. Like in the back in the day, Harry Redknapp, Pochettino, they were criticised for swapping whole teams out for the Europa League and keeping a team for the Premier League, right? And then we're like, you know, make a few changes, have some consistency, etc. There were a lot of changes made in this team, but the approach should have been the same. Which it, which it wasn't. So if someone like Bergwijn is going to play in that system, what are you going to do in this instance to make him feel like he can take more responsibility, that he can take people on, that he can be a star player in that role? I don't know, but I think he, we we need to like get him to a place where he's he's really pushing on. And for a player of Bale's quality to not really leave a mark on the game as well is unacceptable because it's like the fitness is no longer an issue. And with the experience he has, and I know he hasn't been playing football for a while, I get that. And I know he's going to take time. I understand that. But I just feel like the game was there for the taking, for certain people to make, to stamp their mark on the game, and they didn't, which was disappointing. I don't, I I'm make not you fussed right. about, not, not like I'm not fussed, like this, this group is far from over, 
we can still finish top and go through. So, so I can get past the loss. What I can't get was the performance. Like I wanted people to at least look like they were fighting for to to show someone why they to show Marino why they should start. They didn't do that. At least we had like an idea and a continuation of our of our ethos and our approach to playing. We didn't do that. We seen bereft of ideas. It was just a bit strange to me. I think players are scared. Okay, I think players are scared for different reasons. If you take Bell, what I'm seeing from Bell is somebody who doesn't trust his body right now. Uh, he may be physically fit on paper, but he has no trust in his body. And I don't expect him to be the Bell that we had seven years ago, bursting past Mycon, flying down a wing 20 times a game. He's never going to do that at 31. He's changed his position as well. But he has no burst at the minute. He said he's got his burst. He said he's still got his pace in his first interview. And he probably has, but he doesn't trust his body right now. And yes, and what that means is he's easing his way back in. At the moment, do we have time for Bell to ease his way back in? We should do. But then there's other players who are playing scared. Delhi is playing scared. You say Delhi's runs. Delhi should be bombing on. He's playing eight. He's not playing ten. And he knows if he bombs on, doesn't get back, and we concede... He's the first person the manager's going to blame. In his performance tonight, his body was closed. Hargreaves pointed it out. When you received the ball, he didn't receive it on a half turn. Didn't want to take that risk. He controlled it flat. And then the only way you can go is backwards. So you're getting nothing from him. No creativity. Winks, I think, is similar. I think he's going to be so disciplined sitting back there because he doesn't want to lose his place. And he doesn't want to make a mistake. Now, when you come to Bergwijn... Bergwijn's a very strange one. So the 70 minutes he played against uh, West Ham, I think we were talking during the game. And I think, what did I say to you? I said, he's playing like a, a player who knows he's going to yeah. be subbed. Yeah. Right? Because it was Son, Kane and Bergwijn. Who's going to come off for Bell? It's a no-brainer, right? Um, so, and then when he came off, he didn't look surprised. Tonight, he looked like he was trying too hard. He was taking shots on that he wouldn't normally take. He wasn't passing the ball when he should pass the ball. And I think you, you get the either players playing scared, so they're withdrawn, or players trying too hard to impress because they know they've only got limited time to play. And what we can do in order to kind of prevent that is to give players more minutes in the Premier League. And I don't mean they necessarily have to start, but you can make substitutes after 70 minutes. And even Vinicius should have came on at the weekend. Yes, not the weekend, on Monday. Yes, the game changed slightly and we didn't need to go full on attack. But we need to find minutes for these players in the Premier League so that when they come into the Europa League games, A, they're not cold and rusty. And B, they don't feel like, this is my only opportunity. I've got to impress. I'm not playing a team game. I need to stand out. So what are you saying? Like, so that's that's the case, obviously, we don't see what happened in the training. We want, we want, we want to assume that people are pulling their weight. Are you then in the thinking of having, like having a spine, obviously, of Kane, Son, Nomele, Hoiberg, and much to my dismay, Dyer, Lloris, that being our spine. And then, you know, your fullbacks, it seems that like the fullbacks are quite comfortable rotation wise. Um, but I guess it's, it's in the middle of the park, I still think, is where that. Middle of the park and the wings is where we need to be more nuanced and considerate in how we make those changes. Like, there's certain teams where we just have to let Bergwijn just go and do his thing, you know, and let him, like, feel comfortable trying things, taking players on, tormenting them, you know, 
do that. If he's not doing it, he did it against Maccabi Haifa. To good effect. I could do it against Maccabi Haifa. Well, that's the thing. And Bergwijn's only at the top level for us when he's joined, right? Man City debut, Man United restart, okay? And tonight, he just looked like somebody who didn't have a burst, didn't have an idea, and like you say, as you like to say, bereft of confidence, didn't look like he was having it tonight. And I don't know if he's still carrying an injury, I don't know if he's not sleeping because he's a new dad, I don't know what it is, but at the moment, he's not looking like the Bergwijn we signed. And that's a problem for me. Today, another person who failed to make an impact, surprisingly, was Lissosa. We've got ourselves in a position where yeah. it seems that when we don't play in the ballet, we play Lissosa because whilst they do it in different ways, they both are able to break the lines. They're both able to mm-hmm. transition us from defence to attack pretty quickly. And they both have a bit of bite in them in that they can get they can win the ball back, interceptions, tackles, they can do that. They don't mind doing the dirty work. Today, he didn't, he also didn't perform well. And it raised, you raised the question of whether it means, like, it made you question his suitability long-term for the Premier League. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so, I'm a Lo fan. Let's get that on paper right now before I get the barrage of criticism. You like him more than you like, um, being you like him more than you like Dyer? <laughs> I like everybody more than I like Eric Dyer, to be honest. All right. Do you like him more than you like Eric Dyer? I don't even want to get that. You know what, whatever, go for it, go for it. <laughs> All right, so what I've noticed with Lacelso, okay, he had that hip injury when he came, kept him out for five games last season. I think he played 11 starts, uh, 13 substitutes, appearance. Um, so as much as he was like one of our players of the season, a lot of people said, yeah, the only bright spot from last season before the restart. He didn't play that much. Uh, he was impactful when he played. Yes, he was. And he, like you said, he can break lines. He's got bite and he can play that deep line role. Interestingly, what I find with Lo Celso is that he, he's only got two assists for us and his two assists in the league have all come when he's played attacking midfielder which is interesting because from deep line position, he does give it up. He does get the odd hockey assist, which is cool. But just on pure stats, assists and goals, he doesn't get from where he plays. Now, with regards to goals, I look at his shooting ability. He's going to be, if he's playing from DM, he's going to shoot a lot from outside the box. He's not going to necessarily get in the box a lot. But his shots always seem weak. And I don't know if it's because he always goes for placement, but I've never seen him put his foot through the ball. And the reason I mention that is because there are times where you just need to smack it. And all of his shots, if you watch, now I've said this, if listeners just watch his shots, they're always caught by the keeper. He always goes for a little curler. And to me, I think there's a restriction in his hip. And that was the injury that he had on international duty that kept him out for five games last season. He's injured again this season. He's working his way back. And this is why I'm questioning his suitability for the Premier League. Is he robust enough? Because he likes to tackle. He's playing in that heart of midfield, in that DM role. He's Argentinian. And they love that little bite, that little niggly play, like Lamella. Can his body manage the constant fight that he's going to have to have in the Premier League, especially if he's carrying an injury, an injury that doesn't seem to be getting any better. Because remember, he was actually injured coming into the season. We had no injuries 
start off with, he never played a minute, I think, of preseason and was injured coming into the season without playing. That's impressive, right? So I think there's a problem there. I've got nothing, no inside information on this. I'm just looking at the way he strikes the ball on his left foot. Never, ever seems true. That's my hot take. I mean, that's, that's fair enough. I think even with the goals that he has scored, you know, they don't seem that like... You know, powerful for someone. Just for a midfielder with his technique, you expect a bit more. And when you look at what he did at um, uh, Betis, Betis, like he seemed like yeah. he could get it done. Just like, and especially because the Liga has got a history of bringing through the technical players. But look, if he's gonna if he's gonna play like that, cool. Just make an impact. Just have an impact. That's what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm like, I just want you to make an impact. I want to see that you're you're doing something. Um, one more thing that we kind of raised from this period, especially from what we've seen from Sanchez, what we've seen from Alvaro, our main discussions about Dyer, we lauded this this transfer window is really, really good. We've now got a strong squad and blah, blah. Look, I think we've got a squad capable of finishing top four, definitely. I don't think we're, uh, we're title challengers yet, but stranger things have happened, right? So I'm not going to write us off. But what I, what I will say is that I do share your concerns around centre-back. But I also understand why, if we couldn't get the target we wanted, we didn't go for it. Like, I think we must have known that Diaz was already interested in, in going to City and I wouldn't be able to compete. That's my personal belief. Yeah. I understand why we didn't end up buying Screener because Inter were trying to play hardball because they obviously wanted the, the money. They need the money right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he hasn't been a starter. For Scrooge hasn't been a starter for a while now, so for them to try and ask for that amount of money for someone who doesn't start for them is, you know, you're not going to take leave for a mug like that. So I understand that. Um, Rodon is someone who may come in and do a top job. We don't know yet. He's an unknown quantity. We know that Mourinho has trusted him enough to start to um, play him already, not start him, but has played him already. So that's that's definitely a positive sign. Do you think if we are held back this season, centre back will be? Our biggest regret? 150%. Maybe we made it 200%. So you may recall I touched on when we had that conversation about who's the most important player. I said Dyer, and this is why you think I love Dyer. But no, I said Dyer because he is a mainstay, whether we like it or not, he's a mainstay. If he's not good enough to play centre-back, your mainstay centre-back is going to cost you. There are games you need to keep clean sheets. And if he's not going to keep clean sheets or be able to manage a partnership that keeps clean sheets, then we're going to not win games when or not draw games when we need those results. And we've, we touched on Sanchez. For me, I don't see Sanchez being able to hack it at the highest level with us. He's making mistakes. Every game there's a mistake in him. And he doesn't seem to be showing signs of improvement. It doesn't seem like the mistake he made two weeks ago, he's learned from. The mistake he made yesterday, he's learned from. He's still repeating the same mistakes. And like you said, for his physical attributes, he's always in a fight and losing. Right? He's always playing the wrong line. He's always having to chase. His passing is his passing. Sometimes it's okay, sometimes it's not. Not good enough. Toby... I can't really argue with what Toby does. He lacks pace, but I can't argue with what he does. I think Rodon is going to come in, and I think Rodon is going to take Sanchez's place, is what I think is going to happen. Uh, if Jaffet can't get himself fit, 
I think it's going to be Rodon and Dyer um, for the large part. And Dyer will go back to playing right side and Rodon will play left. That's what I think is going to happen. But I do think if we do eventually fail, it's because we didn't get our centre-back in. And I think that was the probably the second most important position. Maybe third if you're not an Aurier fan. Um, third most important position. Because Davies can fill in there, he can do a job. But as we saw tonight, he is laboured. He does make mistakes. Um, and I guess they're more hidden when you play left-back than they are at centre-back. I think it's actually quite... It's encouraging in a way that we are able to bring in someone with relative little as little relative like experience. I mean, a no, no Premier League experience. And someone like Rodon and like and bring him into a game, like you don't usually see Senadax being subbed into a game, right? So I think it shows that they trust him. And my biggest concern is that only one of our defenders has one of our centre backs has notable pace. And we've got that look, we've obviously grown up watching football in the same generation, same era, and we're used to seeing off top centre backs, there's always one who's got pace to cover, right? Of all top centre back mm-hmm. pairings, like even back, Lendley's had no knees for a very long time. But when it was him and Woodgate, <laughs> him and Dawson, he could accelerate when he needed to and get there, right? Yeah. We saw we saw yeah. Ferdinand and Vidic, right? Like yeah, that pairing is one who's like you both want to be positionally astute. You both want to be good in the air, but then you want someone to be good on the front foot and another person to be good to cover. The one person we have who's got any pace always seems to have a mistake in him. And people are looking at him saying he's not going to be good enough to stay at Tottenham. I wonder, though, are we giving up too soon on Sanchez? Should he Should he not be coachable? Like, at this, he's still quite young. Like, why can't we Why can't we get a defensive coach? Or why can't he sit side by side? We have a defensive coach. Side by side with Lendley King and just say, listen, teach me everything there is to know about playing centre-back. Like, why should we... It's so many people in the, in the Spurs faithful have decided that it's the end for Sanchez. Why are we not thinking about coaching? I think this idea of this transactional approach to football is like, someone should come and they'd be good, they should be good, and if they're not good, we move them on. Is it mad? I don't give He's had more than enough time. I understand that, right? But he's had different coaches, different ways of playing. He's got, he's got at least the athletic and physical attributes to make a worthwhile contribution at centre-back. He's not doing that. Today, today he, he was sold a really poor pass by Wings. A very poor pass. Yeah. And it looked like, oh, if their goal had gone in, a lot of people would have looked at Sanchez and been like, oh, you know, his, his, his position was poor. He was too high up or whatever. Someone would have said it was him. But he made an outstanding covering tackle. Recovery. So I'm like... He did. Why is that not a... Why is that not a feature of his game to the point where we're like we're comfortable that like if he does make a mistake, we feel like he can recover. Why is that? He doesn't have electric pace. He has some pace. It's, it's, it's good and enough. And when he's recovering, no, it should be good enough. But let's look at it, right? You say why are people going to look at his position or would have blamed him? If you look at the goal, Davis makes a big cock up. It's Davis's fault, a hundred percent. But when you analyze the goal. The decision um, Sanchez makes to go directly to the man and leave his, the other man completely unmarked was wrong. It's on his strong foot. So what you do, you kind of got to hedge your bets. You kind of got to only 
go over and block that shot, commit yourself when you see him put his head down and go to strike the ball. Be within touching distance. He sold himself short. I'm not blaming him for the goal because it's not his fault. It was two against one. But in a two against one situation, you look at Van Dijk and you see what Van Dijk does. You look at top centre-backs and you see what they do. The way they position themselves, the way they hedge it and the way they read the game. He doesn't seem to read the game. He's always in recovery mode. A bit like Carl Walker, but Carl Walker's a lot quicker and Carl Walker would get there and he's playing fullback. He's playing centre-back these days, but play fullback for us. These are the things with Sanchez. I question, though, because I think Tanganga has pace and I think Rodon has pace. So potentially this is why I'm seeing Sanchez as being vulnerable. He's, this is his fourth season. He's now 24. Yes, young for a centre-back, but if you've been playing centre-back at the top flight for five or six seasons now, there should be signs of improvement. Can I ask you this question? Go on. Since Sanchez came in mm. to Sanchez today, have you seen improvement? No, I haven't seen improvement. I've, I've seen him get steadily... Not steadily worse, but I haven't seen... No, I haven't seen improvement. I think that the first... The first couple of seasons with us were, on the whole, I would say good. They were good. They weren't great, but they were good. Last season was a tough season, but it was tough for everyone. And then this season, he seems like someone who doesn't really believe in himself. And that's worrying. But because I've seen him play better, I know he can get to a better place. I think it's just about taking the time to coach. I fully believe it's a coaching thing. I fully believe it's a coaching thing. I think that, look, we've seen so many centre-backs look trash in one place or in one setup, and then look decent at others. Look, ben, Lindelof was, was great at Benfica. He looks fantastic. And then his first year at United, he looked like trash. Now he's starting to look good again. Harry Maguire looks amazing it's about, for Leicester. Yeah. Now he's like trash for, um, for United. I just want... <laughs> sorry, sorry, he didn't look that good playing no, for okay. I'm sorry, I'm not happy. I know, I know. When I, say, when I say he looks fantastic, I guess it's kind of comparatively. I've never rated Maguire. I feel like he's been massively um, massively um, overrated, uh, for sure. But the fact is, if you look at the way he seemed at Leicester compared to where he is at United, it's a, it's a joke. He now looks like Phil Jones. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? An £18 million yeah. Phil Jones. So I just, I just want to believe that there's a level of coaching that can be done for Sanchez that will mean that he can turn the corner. That's it. Like I, want, I want that I want that concerted, dedicated effort. If you want to make him fine, make him the first team first on the team sheet every time we play a Europa League game. Do that then. And make sure that he's given a, a platform which to build and to implement some of the things that he's been told to do. Fine, do that then. But something needs to happen because just to say that this is someone who's out of form and is, is dead fine, out of form's one thing. But he's not gonna he's not like a trash defender now to not to be considered. That's not the case. It's about partnerships. So, so what you mentioned about defenders improving, the imp- the partnership improves. No, def- no centre back improves in silo. I don't believe a centre back improves in silo. Like there will be incremental um, improvements in their own decision making, but they have to feel comfortable in their partnership and knowing their role. Okay, we chop and change centre backs so often. Some due to injury, some due to suspension, some due to match up that we haven't had a consistent partnership since Mourinho's come in, all right? That's part of the problem. But when I look at Sanchez as an individual, I'm questioning the fact that he's still making the same mistakes. Similar to Ben Davis when he's playing left-back. He's had a slight improvement this season, but he still 
struggles across the ball, his passing inside is average. He probably loses 50% of his passes when he passes inside, when he's on the run. So these are the things that are still there with Davies. And this is why I say at left back, I struggle with him. So if Sanchez doesn't show improvement, I see Rodon coming in because this guy's highly rated. This guy's playing international football as well as Sanchez. And this guy looks like he's going to be a mainstay somewhere. And it's probably going to be at Spurs. And we already know Dyer's untouchable at centre-back. For whatever reason, he's untouchable. So all I'm saying is, Sanchez, watch out. Your position, pace alone, is not going to keep you in the side because Rodon's got pace. Rodon heads the ball. He's slightly taller than you. Be wary. Yeah, it's a bit of a warning shot, man. And to be honest, with, with the age and and also he's he's a very um, he's like quite a, a an imposing and influential player. Rodon, when you look at how people talk about him from, from his time at Swansea. They, they, it seems very much so that he, he likes to impose his his will, his personality, whether it's through, you know, leading by example and showing that kind of dedication on the game. So, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't care. At this stage, I don't care who plays, man, as long as you're good, as long as you put in performance, as long as you put the effort in required and you can help us build a platform for where we can win. I really don't care who it could be. Yeah, and remember, Rodon can't play Europa League. Um, in this phase, so he will get minutes in the Premier League. He has, he has to. to. 100%. Right. So let's see what happens there. I mean, I think that's it for us in this week in this um, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These games. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know what comes now, don't you, that you don't like talking about? But I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it. Just shout out to Parson Move. You're topping the league again. But your league. You had 20-point lead this last week. It's been cut to one point. So the usual suspects are there. Kidalio and uh, Woot Woot, the sound of Lloris, are closing you down, my friend. Closing you down. So pass and move. You're doing well. But like Sanchez, you need to be careful. <laughs> right? <laughs> so that's all I'm going to say there. And I'm going to leave it there. You notice I'm not going to talk about anybody else. All right? And I'm going to shout my new city this week. I did see one which really, really impressed me. And I'm assuming MI is Michigan. Michigan's a state in the United, in America, yeah. right? And there's a town called Ada in Michigan. And my mum's, my late mum's name was Ada. So that really just oh, made okay. me when I saw that. So I said, she's listening to the pod, but what she's in America? <laughs> I don't know, man. So shout out to her, having bigged her up on the pod. Um, but yeah, shout out to Ada, Michigan, United States. Thanks for listening, guys. Keep up the good work. Crazy, crazy. Ada Forest Hills. All right, cool. Mandy, I want to listen. Andrew, thank you very much for your insights and for not um, bringing up the fantasy, my position in the fantasy um, table. You're a good man. Um, and to all you other listeners, thank you very much for yeah, for joining us, man. And hopefully we have another win to discuss next session. Um, but until then, you can follow us on the Shelf Pod on Twitter um, for all our ramblings, our lineups, conversations and controversial comments, mostly incited by Andrew. Um, <coughs> and, yeah, so... You, I'm loving it on there at the minute. <laughs> you can do that. 
Um, but if not, give someone a gift to the pod, man. Just tell a friend to tell a friend. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps with rankings. Five stars only because we only give you five-star content. Um, we will be back next week to share all the news and opinions around the goings on the top of the hospital way. So it's a good night from me. And it's a good night from me. Let's run that outro. Side, 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 side